you're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by ThriftBooks. ThriftBooks.com is the largest online seller of used books in the United States. They pride themselves on offering the lowest everyday price on used books on the web, with over 13 million books in stock. Everything from classic children's books like The Little Engine That Could to the latest thriller by John Grisham. I've used ThriftBooks for over two years now, and I can't recommend them enough. To save 15% off on your first order, plus free shipping on orders of $10 or more, go to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks. Again, head over to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks to save 50% off on your first order, plus free shipping on orders of $10 or more. Hello, and welcome back to That Music Podcast. I'm Bryson Tarbit, and I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and thatmusicteacher.com. I'm so excited that you've decided to join me today as I talk about my favorite tips on keeping my sanity as a traveling music teacher. Let's face it, for better or for worse, being a traveling teacher is a reality for a large amount of us music teachers, especially those of us that are at the elementary level. While there's definitely advantages and disadvantages of splitting your time between multiple schools, I've had to come up with some very specific procedures so that I don't lose my mind juggling both schools. I got my first taste of being a traveling teacher when I was doing my student teaching placement in undergrad. In this situation, I spent four days of the week at one elementary school and then the remaining day at another. This was the first situation that I really became aware of the differences between the different schools. And I had to start thinking about these differences when I was doing my lesson planning, because as I quickly found out, what worked at one school did not fit the other. And I think that's something that's really hard um, as we juggle multiple schools is sometimes we have to create different lessons and different plans and different differentiation between the two schools, which can add another level of crazy to our schedule. I currently teach kindergarten through sixth grade general music between two campuses. Each day, I start by teaching four periods of general music at my district's fifth and sixth grade building, and then I hop into my car and head over to finish the day at my elementary school, usually trying to dodge a couple combines and tractors along the way, because let's be honest, that farm school life is real. While this situation might not look ideal at first glance, I still have the incredible opportunity to see all of my students every three days, which I fully understand is not the situation for everyone. I love being able to see my kids every three days because that amount of music education throughout the year has helped them out so much and helps build my program, but also helps building their musical ability and understanding. But I understand that that's not the case for most traveling teachers. When I took my current job, I really wanted to make sure that I made an effort to balance both schools. I knew that because I didn't have a planning period or lunch at my 5-6 building, that it would be really easy for me to allow this school to become the quote-unquote other. While I definitely still have work to do, I'm making sure that I'm balancing both schools. I think I'm better off because I recognized how easy it would be to focus on one school more than the other. And when it comes to keeping your sanity as a traveling teacher, my first piece of advice would be to make sure that you are always one step ahead of everything. It can be really easy to mess up the rotations between multiple buildings, especially if they have a special schedule one day or if they get off the rotations from each other or to leave an instrument or manipulative at a different building on the day that you need it. To keep these things from happening too often, at least, I have a few things that I want to share with you that help keep me organized and help keep my brain going right as a music teacher that has to travel between multiple buildings. 
Firstly, you always want to stay ahead on your lesson plans. Especially with juggling additional preps between multiple buildings, it can be really easy to fall behind on planning. I'll be honest, and I found myself a couple of times in the morning without a finished plan due to a change in the schedule or a mistake that I made in the rotation. To make sure that I'm prepared in case something like this happens, I always try to stay one or two lessons ahead of where the kids are. Not only does this help me make sure that I have something to teach them, it also lets me understand the macro sequence of my curriculum a little bit better. Being able to zoom out a little bit and see where my lessons are going helps me make sure that I'm using my time in a meaningful way, which is all a great thing. I'm all about having meaningful instruction through active music making, as you've probably heard me say. So being able to see my sequencing kind of with a larger lens has helped me become more purposeful in the way that I plan my instruction. Another thing that helps me keep my sanity is digitizing anything that I can. So first, I'm going to start off with a disclaimer. Always, always, always have a backup in case technology breaks. And I should change that to say always have a backup for when technology breaks, because you never know when you're not going to have Wi-Fi, when the computers are going to crash and things like that. So always have a backup just in case. But I carry very little papers and paper copies of anything between my buildings. My class rosters and grade books are all on my iPad. My lesson plans are on Google Drive. And any interactive resources or presentations that I use are also stored in the cloud. This works for me because I will do all of my planning, assessing, and resource organization digitally. So I keep my Google Drive organized and indexed so that I'm able to find anything I need in a moment. I understand this is a lot to set up all at once, so just take some small steps into creating a Google Drive that you can access quickly. If you don't use Google Drive, you can also use OneDrive or Dropbox or something else like that, but I like Google Drive because it indexes everything. So if within a document of my lessons, I use a specific song, and then I want to figure out later down the road, when I use that song, I can search that song in just the Google Drive search box and it'll pull up that document because it knows that that is inside the document. I love having that because that has helped me find things, especially things from a couple years ago. Also, I love doing as many assignments as I can digitally. Uh, so we are not a one-to-one school in my district with Chromebooks or anything like that. But whenever I have the possibility of doing any sort of assessment digitally, I do that because if I have to take some time out of my day to grade something, I would much rather not have to carry it around with me. So I've done some journals on Canvas and things like that so that I can grade them whenever I get a chance on my computer or even at home when I'm sitting in bed and trying to fall asleep. Again, technology will break. The internet will go down. Your computer will stop working. So make sure that you have multiple copies or at least a backed up copy or something that you can pull out just in case if everything goes, starts going south. Obviously, there are some things that just can't be digitized. We might have certain manipulative slash card subfolders and song props that would need to use a non-digital resource. For these, I just try to make two of everything. If I'm going to use them at both schools, I would rather have one at one school and one at the other so I don't have to worry about transporting between the two schools. If I truly believe that this is a resource that I'm going to use for multiple years, I think it's well worth the time to make multiple so that I don't have to worry about transporting the tweet between the two and losing them along the way. Obviously, there are certain things like instruments and more expensive curriculum things that you can't practically make more than one of. But by making multiples of the things that you can, it does cut down on the crazy amount of stuff that needs to be moved from one building to the next. And in my case, it cuts down on the stuff that I'm going to lose in my car. Being a traveling teacher can be hard. As music teachers, it's very easy for us to feel isolated, and this is made even more possible when you don't really have a home base all the time. So if you're split between multiple buildings, my advice for you, or for anyone that feels this way, is that you would need to spread some roots. And I'll be honest, it can be hard. Sometimes you might have to make a little bit more effort to spread some roots throughout your school. So when possible, get out of the music room, eat lunch in the teacher's lounge, go to staff outings and get to know the people that are around you. Don't let being the other be an option. 
You are just as important of a part of each school that you teach in as those that are there all the time. You make just as much of an impact on the students you teach. So don't forget that. I think it's important for us to realize that if we're expecting these classroom teachers to be involved in the music education of our students, that we should be somewhat involved in the non-musical education of our students as well. Whether that be attending conferences, whether whether that be coming to math night or going to reading or just going up and being a mystery reader in one of your classes, I think it can make a huge difference, not only on spreading roots between your colleagues, but also by building relationships with your students. As traveling teachers, we often find ourselves in the middle of a juggling act. We have multiple schedules, multiple administrators, and multiple classroom spaces. Sometimes it can feel lonely, and other times it's nice to be able to have that change in the middle of the day once in a while. There are definitely ups and downs being a traveling teacher, but I know that I still make a difference. I just happen to make a difference at two schools rather than one. So if you're split between multiple campuses, remember that you're still making a difference in the lives of our students. You're still allowing these students to create wonderful music, and you're helping them become the musicians that they are. Don't forget that. Thank you for listening to That Music Podcast. You can check out the show notes at thatmusicteacher.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes as they come out every Wednesday. I'd also appreciate if you left a review as this helps new music teachers find the podcast. Thanks again for all that you do for our kids. I hope that you have an amazing week.